to everyone this morning, and if you're a guest with us today, we welcome you. We are so glad to have you with us today. Thank you for being here. It's our hope and prayer that you're touched by the presence of the Lord today. If you're watching us online, wherever you're joining us from, we welcome you as part of this service today as well. We know that God is not limited to this sanctuary. He's everywhere at all times. Amen. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 6. And after the last four or five weeks of the same theme, we're going to change directions this morning. Romans 5, beginning with verse number 6. Oh, let's start with verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of His glory, in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, patience experience and experience hope. I, I kind of said it already, but but being a Christian, believing in God is not about some way to get a pain-free, problem-free life. Jesus said very plainly, in this world you are going to have tribulation. That word tribulation means trouble. It's going to happen. Doesn't doesn't matter how much faith you have in God, you're going to go through ups and downs. You're going to go through disappointments. There's going to be heartache and pain, but but Paul says, if, as we go through this cycle of, of uh, tribulation and, exp- and patience and experience, we learn to have hope. That whatever it is we're going through, God's brought us through stuff before. And we went through things in the past. We had no idea how we were going to get through them. But we look back that God brought us through those. And so no matter how impossible the situation may be right now, we have hope that He's going to bring us through this as well. And hope maketh not a shame. It doesn't disappoint because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended His love toward us in that while we were still sinners, He died for us. Much more then, being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. I want to talk to you, preach to you, whatever this morning for a little bit on worth versus worthy. Worth versus worthy. God, thank you so much for your presence 
in this place today as we have sung about your name and lifted up your name. You have responded to our worship and your presence has moved into this place and you have been ministering. And Lord, I believe there are those in this sanctuary that are consciously aware of the touch of your spirit. But I also believe there's some others that you've been ministering to and they haven't even fully recognized it yet. I pray that you would continue to minister through your word. Lord, that you would let me simply be a messenger just as a phone is just the the means by which the message is delivered. Let me be that this morning. That somebody would hear not the words of a man, not the some kind of a religious speech, but that they would hear a message that would come from you. Let there be faith in hearts in this place to not just hear, but to receive and mix your word with faith. I trust you. I depend on you this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to read verses 6 through 10 and a couple of other translations that just to kind of give you a little more flavor and say some things and probably some ways that are a little more common to us. And so the first one is the Amplified Bible, verse 6. It says, while we were yet in weakness, powerless to help ourselves, at the fitting time Christ died for in behalf of the ungodly. Now it is an extraordinary thing for one to give his life even for an upright man, though perhaps for a noble and lovable and generous benefactor some might even dare to die. But God shows and clearly proves His own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, died for us. Therefore, since we are now justified, acquitted, made righteous, and brought into right relationship with God by Christ's blood, how much more certain is it that we shall be saved by Him from the indignation and wrath of God? For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, it is much more certain now that we are reconciled, that we shall be saved, daily delivered from sin's dominion through His resurrection life. And then the Message Bible says it this way, Christ arrives right on time to make this happen. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. If that was the case, we wouldn't be here today. If you had to get good to come to God, we'd never have an opportunity to come to God. He presented Himself for this sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. And even if we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do anyway. 
We can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for. And we can understand how someone good and noble can inspire us to selfless sacrifice. But God put His love on the line for us by offering His Son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatever to Him. Now that we are set right with God by means of this sacrificial death, the consummate blood sacrifice, there is no longer a question of being at odds with God in any way. If when we were at our worst, we were put on friendly terms with God by the sacrificial death of His Son, now that we're at our best, just think of how our lives will expand and deepen by means of His resurrection life. Can I be so presumptuous as to say that if some of you would get this message this morning, it would take a very significant tool out of the enemy's arsenal that he uses against you. I know these are two similar words, and in some ways the meaning of these two words have some similarities. But I I want you to hear some definitions, not biblical definitions, but simple old dictionary definition of these two words. The word worth, according to the Britannica Dictionary, is used to indicate the value of something. It's good, valuable, or important enough for something. So worth is, is the value, it's, it's, it's the value that something has. But worthy is this, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, worthy is deserving respect, admiration, or support. Collins Dictionary says, if a person or thing is worthy of something, they deserve it because they have qualities or abilities required. To be honest with you, I think what I'm about to preach for some is a little bit of a controversial subject. You may not realize that, you may not know that, and that's actually probably a blessing if you don't, but in some ways it is. Notice the word worth has no terminology in it of deserving. It's just the value of something. Something's worth is its value. To be worthy implies deserving of. So I'll give you the punchline and I'll spend the next little while expounding on it. Every single human being has worth. But no single human being will ever be worthy of what he has done and can do.
There's a, there's a prayer that I've heard many people pray. I've heard people that I have a lot of respect for, men and women of God that, I've had res- that I have respect for, people that are very knowledgeable of the Bible. But from my understanding of Scripture, it is not an accurate statement. It's not an accurate prayer. I would be very shocked if there's not a number of people in this room in this, in this room this morning that you haven't prayed this prayer or uttered these words. And that is, in some variation of this, Lord, I am nothing without you. Anybody ever prayed that prayer? I'm setting you up before you raise your hand. I am setting you up. Thank you for being honest anyway. I've heard people stand in microphones and conferences and pulpits and churches and state those words. Lord, I am nothing without you. I personally do not think that's a biblical prayer or statement. What is biblical and what it does say very plainly is without him I can do nothing. There's a big difference between saying, I can't do anything without you, versus saying, I am nothing without you. I'll get to it a little bit more in a moment, but let me just simply present this simple argument as to why I say that. If I am nothing without Him, He went through everything He did Dying on the cross, shedding his blood for nothing. I don't think you go through that kind of effort, pain and suffering for something that has no worth. Genesis chapter 1, let me give you a couple of verses that I think give a little bit of an idea that you, just as a human being, you are worth something. Genesis 1.26 says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. God said, Let us make man... After our likeness, you were made in the image of God. If you were made in the image of God, how can you be nothing? The psalmist says it this way in Psalms 139 verse 14. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. The complete Jewish Bible says it this way. I thank you because I am awesomely made. Wonderfully. Your works are wonders. I know this very well. I know some of you won't do this, some of you will do it, but very uncomfortably. But look at somebody beside you and say, I am wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. See, there, there's, there's in the art world, There is value given because of who the artist is.
There are pictures, there are paintings that at least in my opinion, and I'm not an expert, but in my opinion, they are not necessarily the perfect painting. But the artist has developed a reputation and, and because of his reputation there, are, there is value that is assigned to the painting. Can I tell you, the creator of creators made you. The creator of creators fashioned you. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are his works. He makes no mistake. said he makes no mistakes I'm sorry that people and no doubt there's probably somebody in this room that you've been told you were told by your parents you were a mistake or an accident can I tell you this morning God makes no mistakes And the act that brings lives into existence happens billions of times a day probably. But not every single time the act happens is a life form. It is not a cool. I don't care what the circumstances were. You're only alive because the Creator decided there was a purpose for you. There was a reason for you to be born. And if you were born, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. Every single human being has worth. Every person that's ever breathed a breath has worth. Every person that will ever be born for the remainder of time has worth. While every one of us has worth, not one of us are, nor will one of us ever be worthy. And that is some of the best news I could ever tell you. Some of you hear that and you're like, oh my God, there's no hope. No, you don't get it. The reason there's hope is because you aren't worthy. And you can't change that. Your worth is not based on what you do, it's based on who you are. Your worth is not based on how perfect of a person you are. It's based on who you are. While you were a sinner, while I was a sinner, Christ died for us. Isaiah says it this way, Isaiah 64 and verse 6, But we are all as an unclean thing. And all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. The Amplified Bible says, We have all become like one who is unclean, ceremonially like a leper. And all our righteousnesses are our, our best deeds of rightness and justice is like filthy rags or a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf and our iniquities like the wind take us away far from God's favor, hurrying us towards destruction. Do you hear that? The absolute most righteous of people 
from their religious activity according to the scripture, they got nothing more than filthy rags. I'm a good person. I go to church. I don't cheat. I don't lie. I don't cuss. I kind to everybody. Guess what? You're dirty. Well, I mistreat people. I cuss. I cheat. Guess what? You're dirty. The best that you and I could ever do. The best that you and I could ever do. The prophet Isaiah says it's filthy rags. Revelation verse number 4, chapter 4, verse number 11. Oh, I jumped ahead. Sorry, that's too. Genesis 32 and verse 9. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord, which said unto me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed me unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I am become two bands. I'm not even worthy of the least of your mercy. I don't even deserve the least. Forget the best of it. There was a woman that came to Jesus asking for help for her daughter. And because she wasn't a Jew, he turns her away. And she responds and she says, Lord, even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And and he responded after that and he did for her what she had need of. What, What Jacob is saying, I don't even deserve the crumbs. I got good news for you, all you that's struggling this morning that you're not worthy. I've come to confirm today you're not. And to declare you never will be. So you know what you ought to do as a result of that? Not. No, no you might as well give up. Yes. But not give up in the sense of throwing the towel, but give up in the sense that, hey, while I was still a sinner and didn't deserve it, He died for me. If He did it when I knew I was unworthy, it's not based on me trying to become worthy. Thank you for being here today. Those of you that are a part of this church that are almost that are here almost every single Sunday morning and you're faithful. Thank you for your faithfulness, but it's not earning you anything. If you go through 2023 and get the perfect attendance award at the end of 2023, you're not any bit more worthy than the sinner that never stepped foot in a sanctuary. And I don't think some of you realize the good news this morning. Hang on. We'll, 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 hopefully you'll see it by the end. Jacob, the patriarch, says, I, I'm not worthy of the least of your mercies. Mark chapter 1, verse number 6. John, John the Baptist, was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of a skin about his loins. And he did eat locusts and wild honey and preached, saying... There comes one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. 
There's one coming after me. I'm not even worthy to kneel down. You know, kneeling down before someone and tying or untying their shoes can be a very humbling thing unless it's your toddler that's learning. It's, but, but doing that to an adult, it's kind of below. You tie your own shoes. John says, John the Baptist the one that became a martyr for, for the gospel. John says, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to even reach down and untie his shoes. John, John said that. You're not, you're not worthy. You will never be worthy. Fast 365 days every year. Eating nothing but li drinking liquids. And you will not ever be worthy. Dead, but not worthy. <laughs> Pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You won't be worthy. I know there, there's a. There's a, there's a song that gets debated around my house. <laughs> We've sung it a few times. It says that there's nothing too dirty. Y'all can sing it again if you want. I don't care. There's nothing too dirty that you can't make worthy. I, 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 guess, in, in a, I guess in principle that's true. He can, if he wants to make something worthy, he could. But in and of ourselves, we are not and will not be worthy. Do you and I have worth? Absolutely. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are His works. We were made in His image after His likeness because of who the Creator is. You have great worth. But you're not worthy. There's only one. Who was and is and will ever be worthy. Psalm 18 and 3. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Revelation 4 verse 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. Revelation 5 verse 11. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne. And the beasts and the elders and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand. And thousands of thousands. And saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such are in the sea. And all that are in them I heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto Him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said amen and the four and twenty elders found fell down and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever worthy is the lamb worthy he's not just worth something but he's worthy
Everything we've done this morning to lift up and exalt the name of Jesus, He's worthy. Anything you will do throughout this week that might be considered a sacrifice, He is worthy of whatever you could do. If we came here this morning and did nothing for two hours but simply sing and praise and worship and then we left, He's worthy of all of that. But really we haven't even scratched the surface of what He's worthy of Because He is worthy. Ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands. That's a lot. Crying He is worthy. Worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. He's worthy. How in the world could I ever be worthy of what He did? You know, and and I guess not just in the sports world, it happens in other careers, but the sports world is one in particular that is fairly common. You you can get a signing bonus. You, You get a signing bonus based on expectations. We think you're going to be great. So if you'll sign a contract with us, we will give you Extra money just to sign the contract. But, but that doesn't last. You start getting paid based on what you are worthy of being paid. You get paid because of your performance. Perform, happy to pay you. Thankfully, it seems to be a new side. I know... A bunch of you have no use for sports and baseball, whatever, but pray for pray for those of us that do. And and, and it, it appears to be, I mean, the, the Orioles are not just in first place in the American League East. They have the second best record in all of baseball. We're used to them having the second or the worst record in all of baseball. They have the second in all of baseball. They're not just leading their division. They are, they are second in all of baseball. In August, yes. And seem to, seem to be still rolling along. I got really caught up in the carnal there. Now I've done it. Why was I saying that? Forgot where I was going. Ah, yes, thank you. It's, it, we need to. We, those of us Orioles fans, we, we're trying to focus on the good. The Orioles have had this history, and they're probably not the only one. It's just the team that I'm a fan of. But the Orioles have had this this history of giving guys. These crazy salaries. Because they had a great year, either in Baltimore or someplace else, and then they come and, you know, sports is definitely not reality. There are guys that are still making money today that after Chris Davis. Crush Davis. Dude had a great year or two. Orioles gave him millions and millions and millions of dollars, and he never, he didn't give it back. 
That's not reality. You, 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 we understand we usually are given what we are worthy of. So, so watch this. Watch this. This is, this is pretty amazing to me. In Revelation 4, verse 4. And round about the throne were four and twenty elders. We just read in the other passage in Revelation, we heard that term. And the four and twenty elders are thought to be symbolic of the church. And so, upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. The, the implication of that to me is they were wearing these crowns as symbols of, of, of their success, if you will. Not really great biblical terminology, but they, they were awarded these crowns. They're sitting on the throne. They're sitting on thrones. It implies a place of authority and power and ruling. But watch this. Verse number 9 says, And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to Him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fell down before Him that sat on the throne and worship Him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for Thou hast created all things and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. I know there won't be any in heaven but just humor me for a moment. They weren't all sitting on their thrones taking selfies so that they could post them on Instagram. Check me and my crown out. The thing that was given as an award for their accomplishment. When the right opportunity came, the Bible says rather than hanging on and thinking, look what I got because I deserve it. They take those crowns off and they cast them at His feet and they fall down and worship Him because He is worthy. I got, I got a question any of you, when your your boss or whoever, maybe it's done direct deposit and all that stuff now, but those of you that maybe it's still the old-fashioned way, if your boss brings you your paycheck, how many of you ever go, oh, no, please take it. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. No, in fact, I would suspect there's a whole bunch of you here when your boss hands you your paycheck, you take it thinking, thanks, but I'm worthy. I deserve. Come on, I can't, if I get a witness from you on anything else this morning, I'd get a witness on that. Thanks, but I deserve. I'm not just worth something to you. I'm worthy of more from you. When the greatest, not the greatest, but, but one of the greatest awards that will ever be given is given. Nobody's going to be walking around. I finally got it. Got my crown. 
nope. No. I, I didn't get here because of what I did. I didn't get here because of my righteousness. I didn't make it because I was perfect. I didn't make it because I dotted all the I's and I crossed all the T's. I got here because the Lamb, and the Lamb is the only one worthy. And so it might be my award, but I'm taking my award and I'm casting it at His feet. I preach to people today that you have a faith and a confidence and a love for God, but you spend so much time trying to become worthy of what God has done or what God will do for you. I'm here to tell you today, it will never happen. you cannot ever do how in the world do you ever become worthy of him freely giving his life for you the, the, the verses that I read to you in the beginning and, 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 and it's saying that you know what some people even for somebody that really deserved it they would be reluctant to give their lives much less for somebody that doesn't deserve it when we were yet sinners I, we, 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 we've been working on getting stuff, purchasing stuff to be ready for when we can get in the new foyer. And my wife's been shopping on Facebook, Mark, Facebook Marketplace for some stuff. And, and uh, she found some, some uh, round banquet tables. We got the, 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 the plastic ones that, you know, they're, they're a lot less expensive. And she, she found some banquet, like legit banquet ones, wooden ones and, and so they they were they they were over in uh, over in Salisbury, and so Friday, I, I I went. We found them like two weeks ago. Gave the guy a deposit, and and because um, we weren't going to be able to get there for almost two weeks, and so Friday, I, I'm driving over there, and I'm 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 I'm, the, I'm messaging the guy, confirming everything's still good, and and he, and he responds, and he says, uh, did, "Did you send the rest of the money yet?" using Venmo. I said, uh, no, I, I didn't send the rest of the money yet. Well, I, I'd like to see first. Before I give you the rest of the money, I want to see if they're worth the investment, if they're worthy. Because if I get there and I don't think they are, not only am I not giving you the rest, I'm going to be looking for you to give me back what I gave you. No problem, I understand. Where? Where would any of us be if Jesus said to us, Now listen, when you prove you'll do this, You'll do it right and you'll be perfect. When you then I'll give you everything I got. Where would we be? Not here. Because it won't ever happen. While we were yet sinners, undeserving, had not proven ourselves, he died for us and made a way. 
every morning. I wasn't worthy of the first time he forgave me, much less the millionth time he's forgiven me now. Every morning, mercy. I know there's a few of you here. I don't think, I doubt it's a majority, but I know there's a few of you here that are cold pizza people. I didn't, got a couple of you cold pizzas. I thought so. I figured that. I mean, first of all, pizza and breakfast, number one, ain't no thing. And I'm not saying it's necessarily you do it for breakfast, but yeah, a cold pizza. I'm just going to tell you, if I'm waking up tomorrow morning thinking about breakfast and there's a box of cold pizza in the kitchen, I'm not highly motivated to get up and go eat breakfast. But I'll tell you what, if I'm still in the bed or if I'm sitting in my spot in the living room, And I hear the sound of sizzling. You know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. You, you have to hear before you see. So it comes by hearing before you smell. If you're blessed to have a wonderful wife that cooks your eggs and bacon for you. I got to tell you, if I start to smell that smell, how much, how much longer? There's, all, there's nothing like, uh, I, I know y'all, most of y'all know Mission Barbecue. I love Mission Barbecue. Going there today, I think, as long as they'll let me, if they don't overrule me. I, 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 we ate there, my wife and I ate there downtown. Friday evening, but there's more than one thing on the menu, so I don't understand why you can't eat there more than once a week. You can get different stuff. There's turkey, there's pork, there's brisket, there's shrimp, there's... I don't understand this thing. Well, we had that already this week. I don't... Un- there's people in my house. Some people used to be in my house. They've now forsaken me for greener pastures. Where'd my son-in-law go? He snuck out. Oh, he's up there waving. Yeah, you better stay up. No, (laughs) just kidding. Just kidding. I man, these last couple of weeks and each stuff, each one of my daughters have been going through. My wife said it first. I'll give her due credit. But wow, God has blessed my daughters with some amazing husbands. Wow, very thankful. Very thankful. Mission Barbecue. Why are we going to Mission? You're dismissed. I'm going to Mission Barbecue. Why was I talking about Mission Barbecue? Somebody help me. Hear the bacon. Smell the bacon. Where was it? Yeah, it is. There it was. She knows me. As much as I love it, my absolute first and foremost favorite Sunday afternoon meal is breakfast. Scrambled eggs, grits, you have to mix them together, not sugar. Mix it all together, eat them together. 
some fresh squeezed orange juice. Not not Tropicana or what that thing that that's a lie from the pits of hell. I didn't have breakfast if you can't tell. I'm and I won't have it today either. All of that trying to get at the point. Usually the bacon is cooking while everything else, and so there's some there's some bacon that's already ready before we even man, there's just nothing like sneaking a piece of bacon. And been a few times through the years that by the time we sat down, my wife's like, Where's all the bacon? Not just because of me, because of everybody else, sorry. There's, there's nothing like waking up to the smell of something fresh. Can I tell you, God doesn't have cold pizza mercy. All of that to get to this. You don't wake up every morning and hope there's some leftover mercy from yesterday. Every morning, mercy will restore me. Morning by morning, new, new, not leftover, not stale, new mercy. I didn't deserve mercy the first time. I don't deserve mercy the millionth time. But the good news is I don't ever have to deserve it because he freely gives it. There's a story that I think really kind of epitomizes this and I will, I will make contact with the tower. John 8, verse number 1. Jesus went up into the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down, and he taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. There's a a big difference between religious people and people that have a relationship with Jesus. Religious people are looking to catch somebody else in their faults and failures. Because they don't have relationship. And part of their motivation of doing what they do is, yeah, they think it's what the Bible says, but they don't do it out of love. They do it out of obligation and duty. And so if somebody else is supposed to be loving God, but they're not doing it, I'm going to tell on them. It was religious people that were bringing this woman to Jesus. Of course, it always amazes me. You don't commit adultery by yourself. Pretty sure this was all set up. And they bring her to Jesus. And they say this, Moses in the law commanded us that that such should be stoned. But what do you say? 
This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they, were, and they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. No offense to you younger folks here today, but I don't think it's a coincidence that it states that it went out the oldest to the youngest. There's something about the older you get, the more you face your immortality. The older you get, the more you face your weaknesses and failures and your struggles. The younger you are, you still have this idea you're invincible. So, Starting with the eldest and finally then the youngest that was there dropped their rock and left. When Jesus lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are your accusers? Hath no man condemned you? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. She was worthy of what they said. She was worthy of being stoned and killed because of what she had done. But rather than giving her what she was worthy of, he responded to her based on her worth. Yeah, you messed up, and yes, the law says this, and you should be punished because of that, but, but, but you were made in my image, after my likeness. And while I have the right to pronounce judgment on you, there's something of worth about you. No, you're not worthy of forgiveness. You messed up. You, you don't, you're not worthy of leaving here without dying, but there's something of worth. Rather than acting upon what you're worthy of, I'm going to act upon your worth. Read throughout the Gospels. Find some of the people Jesus went out of His way for. It wasn't the people that would have been presumed to be worthy. John chapter 4, He says to His disciples, i got to go through Samaria. Jews didn't go through Samaria. They didn't interact with the Samaritans as the passage clearly tells us. But Jesus said, I gotta, I gotta go through Samaria. I have a divine appointment. He meets this woman at the well. You want to talk, if you want to talk about worthiness, he would have never gone to Samaria to meet this woman because she had five husbands and was now with a sixth man who was not her husband. I'm sorry, but she wasn't worthy. And yet he said, I, I got to go through Samaria because there's something of worth. May not be someone worthy, but there's something of worth. They got upset with him because he's going down the street one day and there's an IRS employee up in the tree. Man by the name of Zacchaeus worked for the IRS. 
Except as much as you think the IRS takes your money, they took even more than should have been taken. And there's all kind of people that others would have presumed to be worthy there. And yet Jesus takes note of this man. He was, he was short. In fact, it's, it's one of the places sports are endorsed in the Bible. Zacchaeus was short. He must have been a point guard because he climbed up in the tree to see because of the press. If you don't know basketball, that doesn't mean anything to you at all. So. And Jesus says to him, not, not to the people that were there who everybody esteemed and, and thought were worthy, but to that man, Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come down because I'm coming to your house. Not come down because I got some stuff to tell you. Not come down because I'm going to punish you and judge you. But come down. I'm coming to your house because while you may not be worthy, there is something of worth. I believe the Holy Ghost is speaking to some people in this sanctuary today. Whether you're a guest or you come here all the time trying to let you know, yes, you are of worth. No, you're not worthy and you can't change it. So stop trying. Does that mean leave here and go do whatever you want to do and live however you want to live? Absolutely not. Paul says, because, because God will forgive us and because of the grace of God, should we just continue in sin? No, God forbid. I don't, I'm not here today. I gotta, I gotta be here. I gotta, I gotta try to get worthy. I need something from God, and so if I don't do something to get worthy, I can't. Are you kidding me? It blows my mind how that when a person is born again, oftentimes they are at the worst condition they've ever been in. They are at the lowest of lows. Some battling addiction, some in broken relationships. Some somebody shares the good news of the gospel and gives them some guidance on what to do to participate in that, and they acknowledge, "Lord, I, I've sinned. I want you to forgive me. I'm sorry, God, and, and and I'm asking you. And if you'll forgive me, I I want you to come and live inside of me. I want your spirit to dwell in me." And and, and, and you do that, and next thing you know, the Spirit of God comes in. And as the Bible teaches us, and you see it throughout the book of Acts, as an evidence of that, they begin to speak in this heavenly language that is the sign, that's the witness that they received, the gift of the Holy Ghost, and, 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 and get baptized in Jesus' name. Not, and, 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 I mean, baptism, baptism is not this public profession of faith. I'm sorry, I know that's really common terminology today. But baptism is not some ceremonial public confession of faith. There's no place in Scripture that it implies that that's what baptism is about. And one simple example is Philip is taken by the Holy Ghost in the middle of nowhere to meet an Ethiopian eunuch who is traveling by himself. And he tells him what the Bible says. And that man responds as they're riding along. And he says, hey, there's some water. What's hindering us from being baptized Philip did not say well hold on we have baptism Sunday in a couple of weeks so that you can have your public profession of faith 
Sorry, let me get back on track here. You do that knowing you're a mess. You don't hear that message or somebody share that good news with you one-on-one and you go, well, let me, let me go pray and fast for a while and then I'll come back. Let me back up. I'm not saying there's necessarily something wrong with having baptism Sunday. My point is we, we, we don't want to miss what's the ultimate significance and value. You've never been baptized in Jesus' name by full immersion. You're missing out. I believe that's what the Bible says. And right back there through that glass, there's a tank. We can, we can do that today. But if you're like, you know what, I don't like, I don't like crowds. I don't like a lot of, then you know what? We'll meet you here at 4 a.m. in the morning. Won't be anybody around. Nobody watching. But you, you, you do that knowing I don't deserve it. What is so sad to me, and I'm preaching to some people in this room right now, but if you're listening, this is you. You did that to receive the Holy Ghost, but now you've somehow bought into the devil's lie that the only way God's going to do more for you, or the only way God's going to use you, or the only way God's going to bless you is for you to become worthy of it. You couldn't become worthy of it to start with. You can't become worthy of it now. In fact, I think I could back this up scripturally. What you do or don't do does not change your worth. Be the holiest of people in the world. Your worth is no better. Be the worst criminal that's locked up in solitary confinement for the rest of his life. He's not any less worth. Because every single one of us was made in the image of God. God commended His love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When you were absolutely unworthy, He did the only thing that could ever be done to save you. And then what does Paul go on to say? If that happened when you were sinners and, and didn't even know Him, how much more, now that you know Him, now that you've been born again, if that was effective to do that when you absolutely didn't know Him, weren't worthy of it, how much more... Is His Spirit effective to be able to do in your life and through your life what you need? Would you, would you do me a favor and just bow your head, close your eyes where you are? I, don't, I think maybe this is what I just heard on the keyboard. If not, I, I was thinking about this earlier. There's a song we sing. You thought I was worth saving. It didn't say, it doesn't say, you thought I was worthy of saving. You thought I had done enough to earn and deserve. 
you know what the, the Bible says? <laughs> the Bible says that the righteous, the righteous will scarcely, will barely be saved. You and I are not going to go striding across the finish line at the end in all of our glory. No. I, I believe there's some people in this room right now, there's some people here that you've never experienced what I just referenced of being filled with the Spirit of God and being born again with His Spirit and being born again of the water and what an absolutely amazing experience. It's the best thing you could ever do. You can do that this morning. <laughs> no steps you have to go through. There, there's a very commonly known doctrine or idea amongst the very well-known religion, and that's the idea of penance. I'm sorry, but there's nothing in Scripture where penance is required. When you repent, He forgives. Because in essence, is penance not a part of trying to earn what he's giving? And I can't earn it. You're here this morning, and again, I'm asking you for a moment or two at least to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. And, and if you don't want to respond, that's fine. But if you would just maybe do that at least out of respect for others so that maybe if, maybe if they want to respond, they'll be a little more comfortable. Some people in this place this morning, you've gone through abuse physical, sexual, verbal battle with the lies of having worth. I'm here to tell you today, you're made in the image of God, you've got worth. You battle with whether or not you'll ever be worthy and I've got good news, stop trying to be. Stop trying to earn worthiness. You can't earn something that He's willing to freely give. You're here this morning Again, others of you, you come here all the time, but the enemy's got you in a cycle of working so hard to trying to become worthy. Yes, there are things you and I as believers, as disciples, saints ought to be doing. There's, there's ways we ought to live. There's things we shouldn't do. But, but that's not about worthiness. That's not about earning something. That's the, that's the product. That's the fruit of. I want to open this altar to some people this morning. This could, I believe with all of my heart, today could be a transforming day in some lives. Whether you're a guest or again, you come here faithfully. But leave this place today with the confidence that you, you are worth something. Because the Creator made you. He made you in His image. And no, you're not worthy, but neither do you have to be because He's offering you. He's offering you forgiveness. He's offering you righteousness. He's, he's willing to take your guilt, your shame, and give you His innocence. Talk about not being worthy. Isaiah says that He will trade beauty for ashes. That's not an equal trade. That's not a worthy trade. But he says, give me your brokenness. Give me, 
give me your hurt, give me your pain, give me your failure, give me your mistakes in exchange for your brokenness, in exchange for your ashes, I will give you beauty. Father, I pray right now, Lord, I know, I believe there are people in this sanctuary right now that you are speaking to today, you are ministering to today. Lord, I know the enemy is not just going to be silent and just just stand by that we can respond without resistance. And so I come against the lies of the enemy today that war against the minds of the people in this sanctuary. The minds of those, Lord, that want you to reach down and touch them right now, but the enemy's still battling them that they're just not worthy. Lord, you did everything necessary. You provided everything we needed long before we could do anything to be worthy of it. You haven't changed. You're the same. You're the same. You're the same as you've always been. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Church, can I can I get some help? Not only some that have come, but would you be sensitive to the Lord? Maybe somebody's just not quite comfortable making that step, but the Spirit of the Lord is wanting to touch them, minister to them. I believe there's some people in this place today, the enemy's battling your mind. What's the use? Why continue trying to live for God? Why continue to try to be a believer? You just you keep stumbling, you keep falling, you're never going to be worthy. Why don't you take his lie today and turn it around on him? Instead of trying to argue with him, instead of trying to prove him differently. You know what, devil? You are absolutely right. I am not worthy. And you're absolutely right. I will never be worthy. That's why he provides grace. That's why there's morning by morning new mercy. Come home, would you open your heart right now? You're struggling to believe what's been said. Just be honest with Him right now. Jesus, I'm hearing it. I hear what's been preached, but I'm struggling to believe it. I hear the words that have been spoken. I'm struggling to have the faith to believe it. Would you help me? Just like the man that came to Jesus, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. You came and changed my life. You thought I was worth it. You thought I was worth it, Lord. So you cleaned me up Oh, you thought I was worth dying for. You thought I was worth dying for. I had enough value. I had enough value that I was worth it. I didn't deserve it, you came. When I hadn't even acknowledged it yet, you provided it. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. You sacrificed your life so I could be free, so I could be whole, so I could tell everyone I know. 
Oh, you, you thought, thought I was worth saving. You thought I was worth it, Lord. You knew I wasn't worthy. I didn't deserve it, but you thought I was worth it. So you cleaned me up inside. Thank you that you didn't make me earn it. Thank you that you didn't wait till I had deserved it. So I could be Thank you for freely giving grace and mercy. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the gift so of the came Holy Ghost. You thought it, Lord. Doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. You thought I was worth it. You still think I'm worth it. So I could tell everyone. Oh, yes. 